It's time to bed now! Hi everyone! Welcome to Veg Out, where we're embracing plant-based adventures. I'm Adrian, and on this show, we chat about everything food, family, and fun. I'm a scratch cooking wife and mother of two who loves exploring in the kitchen, and I'm here to share ways to make healthy food, especially plants, fun, delicious, and sometimes adventurous for your entire family. On this episode, we're talking about how to become a secret veggie avenger and sneaky and creative ways to get your kids to eat their veggies. You know, I used to do lots of workshops and taste tests at events around the community, and this was a huge topic for parents. And it's also one of my favorite topics to talk about because I, too, was the parent of a picky eater. Now, my daughter, who's younger, she really started out eating any and everything that we put in front of her. And now she's actually kind of starting to define her taste palette, things that she likes and enjoys which has become a little frustrating, but my son is flipped. He started out as the picky eater. He's the older one, so he started out as my picky eater. And I just remember hours, literally a three-hour lunch, sitting him in his high chair, fighting with him and arguing with him, to eat his food, to eat his veggies. And he was not leaving the kitchen. He was not leaving that high chair until he was done with his food. And it was just so frustrating because I'm like, it's good, it tastes good. I even tried to eat it in front of him, nothing doing. I remember, um, and I used to call these our battle royales because we would sit there and literally like, you're not gonna beat me, little six month old and he'd be like you're not gonna beat me mommy you know and we would just look at each other and stare at each other and I'm like crying and I'm like please just eat the spinach or whatever it is and I remember he would take the spoon like whenever I would bring the spoon to his mouth he would watch that spoon so intently searching for any kind of speck of green in it until his eyes would cross, like it would get so close to his face, so close to his nose, and his little eyes would cross just watching the spoon. And if he saw any speck of green or any speck of any color that he figured would be a vegetable, he was gonna spit it out or close his mouth or turn his head. It was awful, it was awful. So I have a special place in my heart (laughs) for parents of picky eaters and Even now, when pickiness arises at the dinner table, because that's usually where it comes up at the dinner table, I can hear that music from Kill Bill whenever B came in contact with an assassin from the Deadly Vipers. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that like that music. That is what I hear in my mind and I'm ready to like ninja attack all of my kids to make them eat their food, but. We try to talk through it and we do have to use a little bit of, okay, you don't have to clean your plate, but you need to eat something so I know that you at least tried. Like we do, you know, we have to, we have to be a little creative and a little forceful sometimes, but at the end of the day, we have conversations about the food and I ask them, okay, so what do you not like about it? Why don't, why did you eat it last week, but you're not eating it this week? And that helps me prepare the food in a way that my family will enjoy it versus having that argument and that difficulty at the table. So, um, 
I wanted to kind of start this out by telling you a little bit about taste buds and picky eaters because sometimes as parents when we jump into this thing we don't learn about it we don't research about it I've done a lot of research about this um, and I'm just gonna kind of give you the high-level information um, we just kind of fall as parents into the okay I've got 20 minutes to feed you this lunch or this meal and then we got to go I don't really care whether you like it or not because in my day if I didn't eat my food I was grounded for a month you know whatever it is but there's actual research on this stuff and I think it's pretty interesting so first we kind of can go back to you know back to the basics our taste buds so on your tongue you have these little little buds these little I don't know phalanges they're not phalanges but that's the best term that I can think of um, and they detect four main types of tastes sweet we have the most sweet sensors on our tongue which is why we like sweets so much sour bitter and salty and one of the things that you have to kind of remember is the original purpose for these taste buds was for survival and protection it was you know to tell us to tell our brains anything for the most part that was sweet was safe to eat but if you grab something out of the brush that was sour or bitter that was a signal that it could be poisonous and so that you shouldn't eat it so our minds back in the day were wired for survival and that's where these originally came in but now because we have such protective measures over our foods it doesn't really serve that same purpose anymore it really tells us what we're eating and whether or not we like it and everyone is wired differently some people like bitter foods or sour foods and others can't stand them they prefer sweet some people like salty some people don't like salty that's okay the average person has about 10,000 taste buds and they're actually replaced every two weeks or so and as you age some of those taste buds don't get replaced so as an older person or a senior citizen or as my kids call them wise people they may only have 5,000 working taste buds and that's why certain foods taste stronger to kids than adults and some foods taste stronger to adults rather than they do to seniors you, you sometimes might see seniors kind of like taking the salt shaker and salting their food so heavily it's not because they've just adopted these bad habits it's because they're literally trying to taste their food because what once was flavorful to them because they only have half as many taste buds as they used to have they can't even detect what it is and all they have to work with is texture so those are some things to kind of think about whenever you're thinking about the kids flavor palettes if you're an adult and you're a picky eater that could be why as well and if you have parents or grandparents that you're feeding or, or, or dealing with this as well that's that could be a very good reason why but it's also something that you could think about to take advantage of so when you're getting your kids to try new foods especially vegetables herbs and spices are going to help those stand out and it's going to stand out even more to them because again they have more taste buds and their taste buds are stronger and so take a, a, a steamed piece of broccoli by itself it may not be good to them because they may detect some of the earthiness and the flavor the the kind of 
oh, I can't think of a better way to put it, but just the green flavor of broccoli. But if you douse it in some spices or some herbs, they're gonna taste that flavor of the herb and it's gonna make that broccoli taste a little bit different. So those are things to kind of think about. So when you're thinking about those kinds of veggies or just any type of food that you wanna get your kids to eat, try the most like potent, rich tasting herbs and spices that you can think of. So some that have worked very well with my kids, curry, turmeric, coconut milk. It's not really an herb or a spice, but it's something that you can add to it that would add kind of a coconut flavor if you're gonna, um, you know, kind of like poach um, or like flash steam something, you could do it in coconut milk to give it some flavor. Um, smoked paprika, you could use kosher salt or the Himalayan sea salt um, so that you don't have to use a lot of it, but a little bit of it is actually gonna enrich that flavor. Um, basil, so you can definitely add basil to foods. Um, cilantro, ginger, garlic, um, they make now the little tubes of some of these things already made. And one of my favorite tubes to grab is lemongrass. So anything that you want to have kind of like an Asian flavor to it, lemongrass is amazing. And honestly, even cayenne pepper, a little sprinkle of cayenne pepper. And you might think, oh my gosh, we can't add pepper because they're kids and it's too spicy for them. My father-in-law, when, when my son was little and we were talking about this, he brought up a great point. He said, do you think kids in like South America, Central America, in Asia and Africa, do you think that their parents shield them from all of these spices and flavors? No, they grow up eating those things, maybe not as much as the adults do, but they grow up eating those things so that they're conditioned to actually enjoy them. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. And my kids love spicy food. My son has a higher, he's nine, my daughter just turned five, so he has a higher spice tolerance I think than my daughter does but she does enjoy food that has a little kick to it so don't be afraid and don't do a lot you know don't do what you do on your plate but just kind of give a little pinch of you know maybe some cayenne pepper just to kind of add a little bit of that flavor some paprika the smoked paprika those things have slight bits of heat to them um, chili powder is another great one that has a little bit of heat not too much but it's enough to kind of kick it in and get your kids interested in what food it's actually on. So those are great options. Um, and play around with those flavors to see. Maybe your child likes certain foods with certain spices and flavors over others. It's gonna take a little bit of experimenting, okay? Now, kind of thinking about some basic reasons why you may have a picky eater, okay? Because I'm always like, why is this happening? So there are three basic reasons, and there are tons more. There's lots of research on this subject, and there's no definitive answer. So it's not like there's one thing that would cause this. There's lots of ideas. So I just kind of picked the three overarching um, reasons that could come into play. First, are you a picky eater? As a parent, are you a picky eater who says that they like certain foods over others? And this goes beyond, this would definitely go beyond just saying, oh, I like these more than these. This is more of like, oh, I hate so-and-so. An example, and I'm totally gonna throw him under the bus, is my husband. 
<laughs> so when my son was little, um, my husband has a huge aversion to onions. He cannot stand onions, but sometimes he likes them and there's no rhyme or reason to that sometimes. So sometimes if it's like in a sauce or like in chili or, you know, something he may tolerate them but for the most part he hates onions and he happened to say one day at dinner oh onions I hate them and I wonder if he had not said that if my son would have been a little more open to actually trying and eating the onions but now my son hates onions we've never said that in front of my daughter and now my daughter and I could I could literally saute a pan of onions and split them with her and we would really want more like that's how we are with onions we're a house divided when it comes to onions okay so those are some things that you have to consider are you a picky eater you want to think about modeling the behavior that you wanna see in your child. So try new foods together, even if it's a food that you don't like, and have the flexibility to be okay if they don't like it. One of the things that I think we get into is, you know, my, my main goal is to help kids develop healthy relationships with food. Not this kind of complex where, oh my gosh, if I don't eat certain things, I'm gonna get punished. That's not how we should look at our plates. That's not how we should look at meal time it should be this is my time to nourish myself my time to have fun with my family or my time where i have to nourish myself and get somewhere whatever it is but it should at least be stress as stress-free as possible i know there are other stressors that could come into play but as stress-free as possible so when you think about it in that in that perspective you you want to try to make it fun so let's say you don't like mushrooms and you know your kids don't like mushrooms but you're trying it in a stir fry or a new dish and you're gonna say you know what i know we haven't liked these before but we're gonna give this a try and it's gonna be an adventure and we're gonna count down in three two one we're all gonna take a bite at the same time and then we're gonna talk about what we're tasting and if we like it or not so you say three two one and everybody takes the fork and puts it to their mouth and they chew it up and depending on what you've done to it it could be that you've prepared it a different way than you have before and somebody around that table may like it and then others around the table may not then intentionally ask the question okay why do you like it what do you like about it okay what do you not like about it does it taste like it did before is there anything that you can think of that maybe i could add to it or do to it differently that would make you like it. Like for my son, his go-to is barbecue sauce or ketchup. He'll eat just about anything if it's hidden under barbecue sauce or ketchup, which for some things I'm like, okay, fine, just do it. Just do that you eat it. So what I would do is we would try the new foods and for every new food that my kids would try, they would get a sticker on a chart. And once they got 10 stickers or how many ever stickers you wanna say, we would go to the dollar store and get them a, a prize from the dollar store. And the Dollar Tree, I will have to say, has some great things for a dollar. Activity books and coloring books, puzzles, toys, different little art kits. There's so many things that you can get for your kids as just rewards. And it's not saying that you're cleaning your plate or you ate all of your food. It is saying literally, you tried this new food without complaint and we talked about it, you're gonna get a sticker, whether you liked it or not. And that's gonna make them more prone to trying new foods because the more they try new foods, the more they find that they might like. Because remember our fact from the beginning, 
you have 10,000 taste buds to start with and they cycle over every two weeks or so. So after about a month or so, you have brand new taste buds. Well, maybe a couple of months. You'll have a whole new set of brand new taste buds. So you may not have liked it in January, but come April, there might be something about it that's kind of interesting. So you're willing to take another bite. So never give up on a food and your child because they may like it down the road. Number two, so we talked about the first one, are you a picky eater and modeling the behavior that we wanna see in our children when it comes to trying new foods. Number two, there could legitimately be texture issues. So it could be the texture of the food and not so much the taste of the food or what it is. Um, an example might be eating french fries, a baked potato, or mashed potatoes. If your kids hate mashed potatoes and they may or may not eat a regular baked potato, but they will tear up some french fries, it could possibly be the texture. Because you think about it, french fries kind of have a crispy layer on the outside, then they're soft on the inside, but then the potato is just soft, but it still has some firmness to it. And then your mashed potatoes is just gooey. It's just soft and creamy, you know, weird. So that could be something to think about with your child. It may not be that they're disobeying or being defiant and not eating food. It could be that they just have a weird texture thing going on where if a food is a certain texture, they're not going to enjoy it. So here's something to try with your child. I'm gonna take two different foods. So first take an apple. Give it to them raw, give them literally, wash off the apple, give it to them, see if they'll eat it. Then try applesauce, unsweetened applesauce. Don't do a sweetened or cinnamon kind, do the unsweetened applesauce. Then bake the apple and have them try that. Then you could even look at the form that you're giving it to them in. Give them a whole apple. The next time, try diced apples. The next time, try sliced apples and see if your kids prefer some forms over the other. My kids won't even eat a whole apple right now. If I gave them an apple in their hand and said, here you go, enjoy it, they're more likely not gonna eat it, but that's because they have loose teeth in the fronts of their mouths, so they can't even bite it. But if I slice the apple up or if I dice it, oh, they'll tear it up. And my son actually told me, I was like, why, why are you bringing this apple back? I know you love apples, what's going on? And he said, well, my teeth hurt when I try to eat it, but if you cut it up, I'll eat it. And I sliced it up in his lunch the next day and he tore it up. So those are things where it's about having a conversation with your kids. I know old school parenting was about, this is what we're gonna do and you're gonna get in line with it. But new school parenting, maybe try to incorporate some of those conversations to alleviate some of the stress and some of the frustration around these types of topics. Another example of a food to do that with is carrots. Try a raw carrot, so like baby carrots, then try pureed carrots, then try roasted carrots, try them diced in rice, so think about kind of the fried rice size. Try roasting them with honey or maple syrup, or even adding in other herbs and spices and see which version your kids like the best. So I found my daughter doesn't necessarily like baby carrots, 
but she loves the carrot chips, like the ones that are kind of sliced and they kind of have the wavy texture on them. She'll eat the whole bag of those, but she won't touch the baby carrots. And I asked her why, and she said, well, I like these because they're washed. But to her, when she thinks they're washed, it means like they're washed, they're cut, and now I can eat them. A baby carrot, even though they're washed and they're prepped, it's kind of like a whole carrot. So it's like you, you haven't finished prepping these carrots, so I'm not gonna eat them. She will sometimes eat them roasted, but not always. But I know for sure that I can get her to eat those little carrot chips. So again, it literally just depends on your child, what they're willing to eat and what they're not willing to eat. And if you are willing to be patient and flexible enough to try things out with them. The third reason, so we talked about modeling the behavior around the table. We talked about the texture issues and like maybe the form that the food is coming in. Third, do they have a cold or is it allergy season? That's something that we're trying to get on top of right now because it's right now it's February that I'm recording this episode, but once March, April, May hit, that is full-fledged allergy season. So there's a direct connection, if you aren't aware, between your ear, nose, and throat, which is why they have ear, nose, and throat doctors, because everything is all connected. So even though your taste buds have their distinct function of sending the message to your brain of what type of food you're eating, your olfactory receptors are basically like your smell center in your nose also has a role in that. So it's great. My husband gets on me all the time and he hates it when I do it. I have to smell my food before I eat it. Like literally take a fork, bring it to my nose, smell it, and then I can eat it. And to me, I don't know, it just makes the eating experience a little more enjoyable because I'm like prepared for what this bite is gonna taste like. There's just a whole connection, a whole party happening during that time, but he doesn't understand it because he really doesn't do that. But naturally, because food kind of wafts up as it's steaming in your nose, your nose is already prepped, it's already prepared. So then when you taste the food, it should match. Now there are some times where you're like, oh my gosh, this food smells so good. Then you take a bite and you're like, that is not what I was expecting. And that's a huge disappointment, even if it tastes good, because you're trying to get your brain ready for what your body is about to eat and what's about to go in your stomach. So when things don't match, it kind of throws everything off. But when it does match, oh, it's like a marriage of deliciousness. That's the best way I can describe that. So think about it. When you've had a cold or when you've had like a sinus attack or really bad allergies, have you ever noticed that you really can't taste your food as well as you could before? That's because if your nose is stopped up, there's some sensory blockage happening. So your brain isn't receiving all of the messages about the food that's going in. So you might be able to taste it some, but maybe the vibrantness of the flavor or the all of the different spices and herbs that are in that dish might not come to mind or might not come to the forefront because some of those sensory um, connections have been cut off because of your cold and because of that stuffiness, cutting it off. So especially kids with sensory issues, like going back to that texture issue, this could be a huge problem if they have a cold because think about it, if they already are a texture person and then they can't even taste it, 
then they're at the mercy of the texture of that food. And if it's a texture that they don't really work well with, they're probably not going even to eat that food. So you definitely want to be aware of that. All right, everyone, it's joke time. Are you ready? What happens when you sit on a grape? It gives a little wine. Get it? Wine, whining, uh-huh. You know you like that one. <laughs> that was pretty good. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Next time, we're gonna finish up our discussion and I'm gonna give you some great ways that you can actually become a secret veggie avenger yourself and sneak more veggies into your kid's diet. And I'll share my top three rules of thumb for the dinner table when we return. So again, find us on Facebook at Veg Out Chat to keep the conversation going and join us next time. But until then, go rock some plant-based adventures. See you then.